Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in the good gospel of Luke. Let's go to chapter one today and let's talk about why Elizabeth hid herself for five months when she discovered that she was pregnant. Didn't want anybody to know. And I think it's very important that you understand certain concepts, certain secret ways of God, uh, where you don't let the steam out of the engine. Praise God. We need to talk about it. It's very important uh, in the light of God performing the manifestation of your dream, the fulfillment of your destiny, the working of your miracle. Uh, timing is very important in these things. And your faith is critical. Nothing must disturb that. Let's talk about it today from Luke chapter 1. And let us begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is in your word that we find examples, real life illustrations that we can take and apply to our lives. And it will help us and work for us just effectively as it did for those that we read about it in your word. Father, we thank you that one day we'll meet. Zacharias will meet Elizabeth will even meet John the Baptist when we get to heaven and many others all the others actually we're looking forward to that father today let us draw from the wonderful examples of their life thank you father let your word be alive in Jesus name amen shout amen and shout it's alive praise God this book is so different from any other book because the word of God is a living word. Woo! Praise God. It's wonderful. Luke chapter 5, verse 1, there was in the days of Herod, of course, there's uh, different Herods. I believe there were five uh, different Herods uh, living, you, you know, kind of back to back to each other, spanning uh, several different generations. So this was the particular Herod uh, during the birth period of the Lord. And also uh, John the Baptist having been born a little bit before Jesus. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. Now concerning Zacharias, it says here that he was a priest. Uh, it doesn't actually identify him as the high priest. Uh, some argue that he uh, was the high priest. Uh, we see him, of course, ministering in the temple in what theologians would call the holy place. But uh, he's not ministering in the most holy place, which the high priest could only go into once a year, and that's behind the veil where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. But nevertheless, we do know that he was a priest. I've heard good arguments that he could have even been the high priest. Uh, but, you know, some of that is speculative. I know the Jewish people kept very, very good records. So we'll just keep it safe and say what the Bible says here, that he was a priest. And they had, uh, they had rotation shifts, uh, you know, where you would uh, come to the temple, work there for a while. Once your cycle was up, you go back to where your home was at. And so this is his time to be there. Now it says he was of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. Well, a rich uh, spiritual genealogy with both of these parents, Zacharias and Elizabeth. Of course, they're not parents right now, uh, 
Elizabeth has a problem. Verse 6, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. So they were righteous, they were blameless, based upon their observance of the law, or the Torah, or the teachings that God gave to His prophet, His servant Moses, uh, which were recorded, and which the Israelites were required to follow. Now, it doesn't say they were sinless, uh, because nobody was able to pull that one off except you know who, the Lord Jesus Christ. But they were blameless. They were holy people because they saw the commandments of the scriptures. This is what God said you can do. These are the things that you shouldn't do. And they followed that very strictly. Praise God. So they were blameless uh, in the requirements of the law. Verse 7, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. I can't help but smile every time I uh, see that statement. You'll notice it's, uh, uh, it's there with all of the great matriarchs of the Bible, the great women of the Bible, the women that God worked so wonderfully through. Uh, they were almost, almost all of them. You go, if you, if you study them, almost every single one of them, including Elizabeth here, uh, they were barren. They could not get pregnant. And uh, in that culture, in that time, uh, that would be for a, a woman, the most frustrating, humiliating thing to not be able to produce a child. Uh, it, it's just, it was just the mark of a failure uh, under the old covenant system uh, in that culture of that day. Uh, it, it was something awful, but, but those women found the Lord, sought the Lord, had encounters with God and their situation changed. They didn't die barren. Hallelujah. They, they became mothers in Israel and they had children. And this, this is an amazing example here with Elizabeth. Uh, church history tells us that at this time, Zechariah was 99 years old and Elizabeth during this time was 88 years old. That, that's just tracing things back uh, through, uh, how can we say, not biblical writings, but writings outside of the canon of scripture that give insight into the history of the early church. Well, to be 88 and to be barren, uh, from a natural perspective, it's pretty much a wrap, but uh, God had a plan. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot failed to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Oh, I get another smile on my face uh, whenever I hear about the burning of incense uh, because in the tabernacle system that God established through Moses, uh, you would see different pieces of what they would call furniture. Okay. One of those being the altar of incense, very uh, symbolic of prayer. And that's something I've studied a whole lot. And the Lord has spoken to me even supernaturally before about about things of the altar of incense and the uh, the great importance of prayer. I've had divine encounters with the Lord where He has uh, shown me one on one supernatural insights about the altar of incense. And so it's next to that altar of incense that He is going to have an angelic visitation. I believe that when you are in prayer, that 
you put your time in, you spend time with the Lord, I believe out of those moments, great, great things can take place. I know that you don't have to be in prayer to have an angelic encounter, but um, I've, I've had quite a few during prayer and I, I, I don't know if I were, if I were not praying, I don't know if they would have happened. <laughs> so it's good to be hanging around the altar of incense or the place of prayer as much as possible. Well, let's, let's move forward a little bit. Uh, he receives the angelic visitation. He's told that he's going to have a child through his wife. Uh, of course, that's difficult for him to wrap his brain around. He should have just been quiet, should have received it. Uh, but he kind of, um, he kind of doubted uh, the message that was given to him. Uh, Zechariah said to the angel in verse 18, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. Well, because of his, how can we say frustrating the angel, something that you never want to do. uh, He was struck with an inability to speak. And uh, I, I think, the angel had to do that because uh, some things that God is going to do require our, our, how can we say participation? It requires our going along with the plan of God. And so there's some other things that God's going to do. They're just sovereign ready or not here it comes and you can't stop it. You can't pray against it. You, you can't, you can pray if you want, you can fast if you want, doesn't matter. It's going to happen anyhow. You, you can have a world, a world war if you want. It doesn't matter if God says this is going to happen. Nothing anybody on the planet can do is going to stop it. But it would seem that, uh, the Lord was desiring, of course, that Zacharias be on board and, uh, participate in it. Well, uh, because of his unbelief, we can't take any chances. We certainly don't want him speaking something negative over the prophesied child who's going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. So let's just play it safe and zip his lips. <laughs> That's what happened. Woo! Words. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to look back over our life and realize that our words were far more important than we ever realized. That all of these messages that we've heard uh, about the, the importance of words and God formed the universe and the worlds through his words and we have creative power and uh, any snickering or or diminishing of that reality I think when, when we get to heaven we're going to realize wow our words carried more weight than we ever knew so let's try to be careful with our words praise the Lord Thank you, Jesus. Verse 20, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. So basically God is speaking through the angel with the angel giving the message. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get this done. Uh, You're not really cooperating. So I'm going to have to do a few things to uh, make sure the deal is still uh, sealed and carried through. So you're not going to be able to say anything until it's done. And until the time takes place, because it's going to happen and nothing can stop it. Praise the Lord. Well, we want to be people that are riding along with the Lord not, you know, not throwing a wrench in the gears. We want to be people that are surfing the wave with the Lord, not standing back and being critical saying, Oh, you know, it should go this way or that way. No, we just want to go with the flow of the Holy spirit. 
and God is still moving today. Verse 21, and the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So he's having to use his hands and so forth to symbolize, uh, Hey, I had a vision in there and I, I can't talk. So uh, that's what took place. Verse 23. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed, and he was probably looking forward to that, that he departed to his own house. Thank you, Lord Jesus. By the way, if you're believing God for your own house, you'd be shocked at how many scriptures there are in the Bible of holy people who lived in a house. Pastor Stephen, if they they were holy people, they shouldn't live in a house. They should live, they should live where? Underneath the bridge? It's amazing how some believers want to put godly people in places that have no dignity. But I tell you what, you walk with the Lord, you walk with the Lord, you'll find yourself being blessed, and I believe you'll find yourself ending up in your own house. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. He departed to his own house. He wasn't even renting. He wasn't even leasing. He was going home to his own house. Praise God. And I believe God's got that for you as well. Uh, I, I mean, you look through the scriptures, and you'll see prophet after prophet. They'll give the word of the Lord, and then they'll leave. Where do they leave? Where do they go to? They, they went to their house, and sometimes it even says that. The Lord Jesus, walking along the side of the Jordan River, and uh, here's some disciples of John the Baptist, and John's talking about the Messiah, and he looks at Jesus and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Then, the, you know, the two disciples who were with John were like, wow, that's him. And John's like, yep, that's him walking right over there, the, the Lamb of God. And so his disciples go and talk to Jesus. And they say, well, uh, where do you live? And no, notice he didn't say foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but I don't, I don't have nowhere to live. If you want to come see where I'm living, I'll just show you a sleeping bag laid out on the floor somewhere, laid out on the ground. Now, he didn't say that. That's not what he said, did he? He said, come and see. They said, where do you live? He said, come and see. (laughs) Jesus had a house. If you need a home, just begin to pull those scriptures from the word of all the wonderful people who had houses, and then just believe God for your house. Praise God. See, scripture builds foundation of faith, but go after specific faith. If, if you're believing God for this, go after scriptures that back up what it is you're believing for. I would, I would suggest to you that whatever you're believing God for, it's somewhere in the word. Pastor Stephen, I'm believing for a flight on, on a spacecraft. I want to go, I want to, I want to go to Mars. Well, I think if you actually searched enough, you could probably find some scriptures. If that's God's plan for your life, of course. But if it is, I believe you could probably find some scriptures in there that would give you lift. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Let's continue on. He departed to his own house. Now, after those days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. Oh, there was some playtime in the bedroom, hallelujah, with the 99-year-old husband and the 88-year-old wife, and something miraculously took place. Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months. Oh, 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 some of you, some of you ladies, if you, yeah, if you were in that same boat, and you had conception, you conceived, you would go out and tell everybody. 
You would you would even get on your Instagram and tweet it. You would get uh, you would get on Twitter and tweet it. You would get on Instagram and post it. You get on Instagram and say, "Can you see my belly? Look, it's beginning to rise." Woo! Some people they they don't understand the wisdom in when to give a testimony. There's a time. There's a time. There's a time to take the cake out of the oven. When's that, Pastor Stephen? When it's risen and it's ready to come out. If you take it out too soon, it could collapse. And not only that, it's not cooked properly. It's all gooey on the inside. Uh, we just passed Thanksgiving, you know, a little while back. And uh, uh, that day, no, the night before, excuse me, the night before, my wife had, had purchased these rolls. They looked so delicious. And I, I knew that Thanksgiving was the next day, and they were the rolls were going to be baked in the oven, and we were going to enjoy the rolls with a you know nice family meal, family you know, you know people over and stuff like that. So um, it got late at night, the eve of Thanksgiving, and I, I was up doing some things, and I, I came down and I saw I saw those um, those rolls. And they, they looked like they were baked. Ah, they were, but they were half baked. I didn't really know that until I started eating one. And I ate about half of it. It still tasted good, uh, kind of uh, in its uncooked state. But it didn't taste the way it should. I, I could only get about halfway through it. I said, Lord, I want to enjoy this roll. It looks so good. But it doesn't taste the way it's supposed to without being baked properly. And I, I put it down. And of course, the next morning, my wife was like, hey, who got into the rolls last night? I said, I must confess that it was me. She said, didn't you know? She said, Stephen, didn't you know that uh, they were only partially baked? I said, well, I found that out as I got into it. I kept on trying to go, but I couldn't find the enjoyment that I wanted in the uh, uh, eating, eating pleasure. So I put it back down. Timing, timing, the testimony is very, very important. Don't let the cat out of the bag until it's time for the kitty cat to come out of the bag. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, after those days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived, and she hid herself five months. I believe she did the exact opposite of what some Christians do. Mm. Pastor Stephen so-and-so, a famous athlete, just got saved. Oh, oh, good. Let's get him on television, and let's show him to the whole world. Mm. No, let's not do that just yet. Let's make sure that he is grounded in the Word of God. Let's make sure that he gets plugged into a good church. Let's make sure that he gets stabilized in his walk with God, and he's rooted. And let's even work with him in bringing past the spiritual stage of infancy and getting to where he can begin to walk. He he knows the principles of faith, and then and then let's uh, let's share. Let's share, let's have him come out and share that he is a believer. Uh, And see, if you do things prematurely, you put unnecessary pressure upon yourself or upon people. And it's too late to realize, oh, we weren't ready. We probably should have, uh, should have waited on that because then things happen. People aren't ready. Uh, You know, it's just timing. Timing is very important. She hit herself five months saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Praise God. She, she's in hiding. 
she's in hiding. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. Zechariah says, go ahead, uh, just take off and uh, just go hang out with the Lord. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you go to Israel, and I'm not even going to say if, I'm going to say when, every believer at least once in their life needs to go to the Holy Land. And uh, I, I would pray preferably that you make it more than once, that you would be a regular, praise God. But just south of Jerusalem is the beautiful city called Ein Kerem, and this is where John the Baptist was born, and uh, you could actually see the hiding place where they hid him, because remember, Herod and his men are after, they're, they're after this supposed Messiah, Herod was very nervous, uh, panic attacks. So he, he sent guards to begin to kill all the, all the infants two years and under within the region of Bethlehem. Uh, and it could have gone into the buffer area because uh, Ein Karim is only about uh, five miles from Bethlehem. So that was all a hot spot. Nowhere for a young boy to be, but uh, that's where John the Baptist was born. So it would appear from history that he also was taken in the hiding. And when you visit uh, the church uh, that has the hiding place of John the Baptist when he was an infant, you can read, of course, more there about the story. By the way, wonderful, wonderful place. Uh, if you go to Ein Karim, uh, always stop by the little ice cream shop. And uh, they have the, uh, I guess it's not frozen yogurt. I guess it's more like sorbet ice cream also. I like real ice cream made from milk. Some people like the sorbet ice cream. They've got it both. And you can walk and you'll see all the uh, beautiful bougainvillea growing. Oh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful little town there in the hill country south of Jerusalem. That is where uh, John the Baptist was born. So uh, he was he was in hiding there. He was in hiding there for five months, five months. I think that it's important that when you have a dream from God, not just some kind of wild thing that, you know, you don't even really believe is going to happen. You're not even really sure if it's God's plan for your life. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a true dream from God, something that you know that God wants to do in your life. Now it is out there. It is something maybe we could even call it epic. Uh, at least to you, it is. Um, I believe when you have something like that and you're carrying that seed of pregnancy within your heart of that dream, I believe it's very important that you guard it. And even if it begins to get launched and God starts moving and conception even takes place, still be very, very careful. There are agents of the devil, dream destroyers, agents of Herod. You have to understand Herod was satanically inspired to do what was what we would call the, the slaughter of the innocents, the massacre of the little boys. That, that is something satanically inspired. Mm. I, I agree with Mother Teresa. Uh, the statement that she made that, um, I can't quote it directly, but basically she said, how could you ever trust anybody who would be open to killing an innocent child? I mean, if a person would back abortion, if a person is willing to murder their own child or would encourage somebody else to do that. How could you ever trust somebody that's willing to murder an innocent baby? Mm. 
Well, my friends, uh, this is what was going on in this time frame. Today, there are still dream destroyers out there. There are agents of Herod under that same spirit that if you let word of your dream out before the full formation of it, uh, you could jeopardize something wonderful. Now, there is heavy, heavy angelic guard over John, also over Jesus, who is also going to be born soon through the Virgin Mary. I say virgin on purpose because there are those out there uh, who would doubt that Mary was really a virgin. But remember, the book is right. They are wrong. Praise God. Stick with the Bible. You'll always come out on the right side of history. <laughs> Woo! Glory. Ooh, it felt good to say that. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, heavy angelic protection, of course, over Jesus as an infant. Heavy angelic protection over John as an infant. But also, even, even with God's God's help, God's protection, you still, you can't be, you can't do crazy stuff. You, you have to be, you have to guard, you have to guard the sacred thing that God has given you. That's why Joseph, what a great man. When Joseph would have the dreams from the angel saying, get up, leave because Herod seeks the child. That means we get up and we have a nice midnight, uh, uh, donkey ride. Praise God. Barry, get up. It's time to go. Where are we going? It's it's midnight. We're getting out of here now. We're not even see Joseph wouldn't even wait till the next morning. He he's like, we're out of here at this exact moment. We're pack up and we'll be gone in just a few minutes. Oh, you have to guard anything that's sacred that God gives to you. There are there are destiny hunters of the enemy. And uh, you have you have to really protect the dream that God has given you, and there are even some Christians you should never share it with. Don't, uh, but why? Because the moment you do, uh, you will find that something out of you got drained. You'll find out first of all they will not rejoice with you, they will not give you any bounce back lift, and envy and jealousy can begin to rise up. So you have to be really careful. Joseph learned that, of course. He shared the dream with his brothers, and his brothers were very carnal. Yes, they became the patriarchs, <laughs> but uh, uh, they had a lot of uh, issues of, you know, rivalries and uh, insecurity and jealousy and stuff like that. And, of course, the favoritism that was, sh was shown on Joseph, um, that was a mistake that his father made. You know, fathers, you had to, you had to be real careful with that. Uh, uh, don't don't show favoritism. You you, you want to pour out the love equally. Now you you can see that some have certain paths, uh, 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 you know that are that are different, maybe more distinguished. We could say, but even still, you need to you need to love them all. You, uh, you don't want to show favoritism. That's not right. That will only aggravate a. Uh, an unpleasant situation that would already exist. So Joseph, uh, he learned, hey, you know, I shared my dream and it, it put me in a pit. Well, the dream didn't put him in the pit. The sharing of the dream did, probably in an arrogant tone, probably in a superior attitude. And uh, that's really what got him in the pit. But nevertheless, God was going to get into Egypt because his destiny was in Egypt. 
and so God's going to work now the thing is God could work to get you to the fulfillment of your dream the right way you don't want to have to go uh, you know through difficult experiences he'll still get you there but I'm saying guard the dream Uh, I think what Joseph probably should have done is just shared it with his father and uh, say, say, you know, Dad, what do you think about this? This is a dream I've had. I've had now. I've had another dream. I, uh, I want to share this with you, with you too. I don't know what you're going to think about it. I, I actually saw you and Mom even bowing down before me, and I, I am just presenting this to you. What do you think? So the father was able to, you know, really consider it, and uh, you know, not just you know, say, "Ah, oh, you're crazy." No, he knew there was something to it. He couldn't quite understand it. He was staggered by it. But my friends, be very, very careful with your dreams. I'm talking about those very few sacred things that God has put in your heart that really, really touch your heart. You you have to guard stuff like that. Those are the things that move you. There's only a few of those types of things in you. They move you deeply when it's whenever it's mentioned. I remember driving down the road in the motorhome. I just ministered at a church. And uh, the, men, the meetings were finished. Uh, at that time, we traveled full-time by, by RV, recreational vehicle. Uh, it wasn't very recreational, but it was an RV. Praise the Lord. It was a, it was a motor home that was designed for recreational activity. It wasn't designed to be out on the road nonstop the way we were using it, but yet it was what God had given us, and we were certainly using it. I mean, we were crisscrossing the country, back and forth, back and forth. I've driven from California to North Carolina, back and forth more times than you would know, and up and down from Texas to Montana, and all in between. Uh, we, we put a lot of miles on it. Loved it. But uh, we we kind of uh, pushed that vehicle beyond its ability. But it uh, hung in there. It hung in there, praise the Lord. So, you know, I was traveling in the motorhome one day after having left a certain meeting. Um, uh, I felt a little discouraged in my heart. I felt like uh, some things were done to me by the pastor that were kind of done out of uh, jealousy and envy. Uh, but you know, everybody's at different places trying to work through certain things. So I said, Lord, I forgive him. You know, I, you know, I know you have blessings for him. I just don't think maybe he can see some of the things you have for him. And maybe that's why he reacted the way that he did. But nevertheless, I, I, I felt it kind of, um, you know, uh, how, I don't want to say wounded, but it just, um, you know, when somebody's not for you and they don't want to see you succeed, they're jealous. Um, it makes you sad that they're like that, that they would do that to you, but just that also that they would, um, they would have those types of things in their heart. But I said, well, Lord, I said, I'm on to the next meeting. So I just praise you. Uh, I said, Lord, I just trust you to lift me from, uh, you know, uh, what he did. I, and that's personal, something that he shared that, you know, people can do things, say some things, uh, and uh, they can be, they can be mean that they disguise it. You guys know what I'm talking about, but nevertheless, uh, I'm driving down the road in my motor home, uh, feeling a little blue, as we would say, a little discouraged. And my, my cell phone rang. And I get I get a call, and uh, somebody on the lo- on the on the other end of the line says, "Is this is this Stephen Brooks, the man of God?" I said, "Yes, this is." He says, "He says hello, this is Apostle So and So calling you from Dallas, Texas," and I n- I never knew I didn't know who he was. Uh, 
I could feel the glory when he called. I could feel the presence, but I didn't know his name. I didn't know his ministry. He said, God told me to call you. And he told me to tell you that he is going to do this thing in your life. And it was the most, the thing that he said to me. Now there could be a million things. Sometimes you don't know what people like if you get down to the very bottom of their heart, what is that? What, what is that area that really touches, moves them? Only, only really God knows that. Or if you tell somebody, and I, I this was something in me that was sacred, would hardly ever tell anybody. Uh, but he said, God's going to do that for you. And he nailed that one thing. He said, God's going to do it. I don't even know how he got my number. Um, I ended up ministering at his church. <laughs> he invited me to come minister at his church. We had a lot of fun. He was very accurately prophetic. Uh, so, but that thing lifted me. Why? That's the dream thing. That was the dream thing. And the moment he said that, I forgot all about any, uh, you know, discouragement or having maybe not been treated well. Uh, I was like, who cares? God's got a blessing for me. Glory to God. And it made me so happy. Made me so happy. And the Lord did that for me to lift me up. Praise God. Anytime I've ever had um, somebody try to knock the wind out of my sails. Uh, God has always come along after that and through somebody has done something to lift me higher than what I was ever before. I love it. I love it. God is so good. If you ever fall down, he will lift you up. And because so often he works through people, he'll lift you through a person. Uh, If there's no person who's able to respond at that time, or he can't work through at that moment, maybe because they're not cooperating, he will directly come to you if he so chooses to do. He is a good God. But I really felt like I needed to let some of you know that you need to understand the heart of Elizabeth. Go into hiding. Don't tell everybody about your dream. There's only a few people that you could tell that could actually rejoice with you. See, they have to be spiritual to be able to do that. First of all, uh, they have to be spiritual to understand it. Second of all, spiritual not to be jealous. Uh, A spiritual person would actually say, yes, God not only can do it for you, he's going to do it, and I I rejoice with you. It would make me happy to see it happen in your life. Woo, praise God. And so there is a time where sometimes you have to hide until full manifestation. See, after John's born... Then it just whoom, shoots through, shoots through the town. Wow, did you hear Elizabeth, 88 years old, had a baby? Wow, not only that, uh, seems to be a very unusual miracle child. Oh, yes, that child had a destiny on him. You have a destiny dream inside of you. Uh, I'm not saying you have a John the Baptist inside of you, only Elizabeth could have that experience, but you have your own dream inside of you. God will do it for you too. God will take away any form of barrenness that would say this thing that you so greatly desire, you can't have. Oh, God can, God can do it for you. And he's going to, and it's going to be really good. Verse 36, Luke chapter one. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. See, this is Gabriel talking to Mary. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And I want to tell you that today. With God, nothing will be impossible. Your dream, not plan B, C, D, E, F, or G. Your dream, plan A, will be realized. You've got to believe the Lord. Nothing is impossible with the Lord. God's going to do it in your life. 
Verse 39, now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and boom begins the prophesy. Hallelujah. When you come into contact with somebody that respects, honors, believes in your God-given dream, there's a leap in your spirit. There is a leap. Hallelujah. And so often when that happens, prophecy begins to flow. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. Praise God. My friends, be very careful who you share the dream with. Praise God. Be very careful. When the time is right, when the time is right, then you can let it be known. Verse 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. Praise God. They were all very, very curious. What kind of a child is this going to be? Praise the Lord. You have a great dream on the inside of you. Do not give up on it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Some things you need to really guard in your heart. Yes, you need to confess that they're going to come to pass, but some of those confessions are only, they're only to be in, in private. They're in private. If you go out and start telling people, your faith will just go, whoop. it will, it will leave you. Uh, and you cannot do that. Build it, build it, build it. You can tell you're carrying it. You can tell you're carrying something just like Elizabeth could tell she's carrying John on the, on the inside of her womb. You can tell you're carrying something on the inside of you. So don't, don't lose that faith strength by sharing that holy secret, that dream, uh, with, with anyone that's not supposed to be aware of it. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, they're going to rebuild the temple, aren't they? Well, to do that, they would have to bring the Ark of the Covenant out of hiding. Well, Pastor Stephen, it's lost. We don't know where it's at. No, it's not lost at all. (laughs) And there are some of us who know exactly where it's at. And at the right time, it will be brought out of that spot. Pastor Stephen, it's in hiding in Ethiopia. No, no, it's not. Never left Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. And at the right time, it will be brought out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the tabernacle of David will be restored. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. And some things aren't even meant to be shared before the time. Well, we're going to make it happen anyhow. No, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. No, it's the timing of the Lord. And some things cannot even be shared before their timing. Mm. 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 But those who are in the know, you know that you know. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your dream will come to pass. It's getting stronger, isn't it? You get these quickenings of the spirit, these holy tremors of the spirit. You know, it's going to happen. Mm. It's going to be a real blessing to many people.
It's going to make you happy. Yes, you will rejoice, but it's going to be a real blessing to many people. Guard it. Guard it in your heart. There are the dream hunters that are out there. There are the, the, um, the agents of Herod that are out there, even looking, looking to kill divine dreams. Guard it, guard it, guard it. Continue to praise God in the secret place. Lift your hands in the secret place and say, God, I believe you're going to do it. I believe with all my heart you're going to do it because nothing is impossible with you. God, I praise you for it now. And see, in your secret place, dance before the Lord. Worship in the Lord. Dance in the Spirit. Say, God, I believe by faith I've got it now, and it's going to manifest, and others will see it. And then when it's manifested, mm, when it's out there and it's all done orderly the way that God wants it to be, then it's too late for the enemy to stop it. It's, it's there. It's too late. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's too late for critics, doubters, powders, you know, the group that's in the do withouters group. It's too late for them to say anything that, you know, they, they can't say anything when there it is. Praise God. Your dream, guard your dream. It's going to come to pass. God, God's re- going to remove the reproach of barrenness. They even, na- they even called Elizabeth barren. Hey, barren, how you doing? Hmm. He who laughs last laughs best. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're going to have that Isaac laughter. You're going to have the joy of the spirit and see by faith. You can already have it now because you know, God's going to do it. There's an there's an anointing for for angelic visitation and for for heavenly dreams right now. If you'd like to step into that, raise your hands. I can't see you, but by faith, if you want it, raise your hands because God's watching. Father, everybody with their hands up right now that would like to receive a message from heaven, uh, wisdom from heaven, either through a dream, either through an angelic visitation, maybe an angel coming to them in a dream as they sleep, or coming to them in person as he did to Zacharias. Father God, I release that grace now. Receive in Jesus' name. This is prophetic unction flowing. Receive, receive. Get ready, get ready. God wants to talk to you about your dream. Mm, ah, mm. You don't think that God knows what tickles you? You don't think that God knows that sacred thing to you? Mm, mm. Glory, glory. I took a, a prophet friend of mine one time with me to um, minister in a church. And I, I, I brought him in from the, literally around from the other side of the planet, <laughs> all the way from Australia. I said, come, come to America. Let's go minister. I've got some churches that are, the doors are open. Let's go minister and bless the people. So I took him to a friend of mine, a pastor in, in a certain state. And I said, I said, minister to him. And so my friend from Australia, uh, he, he stands before the American pastor. Now he does not know that I know that the American pastor loves NASCAR, loves fast cars, uh, just loves anything to do with horsepower. I'm not talking about horses. I'm talking about horses under the hood. You understand engines and cars and mainly car racing, anything to do about that. That was like in his blood. That just was his thing. Okay. Okay. So my, my friend stands before him, knows nothing about him, 
stands before him and uh, prophesied to him and says to him, he says, uh, he says, I don't know what this means, but the Lord Jesus tells me to tell you that your church out of all the churches in the city, that your church and your ministry, you have the pole position. I don't know what that means. Oh, oh, but the pastor knew what it meant. Why? He's a racing fan. The pole position is the head position. That means you start before all the others. You're first on the line. Oh, what a word. What a word. See, see, that meant something to him. That touched something in the way that God uh, works with him through his desires, through his desires. Praise God. God, God knows what makes you tick. God knows what catches your attention. When that thing, that dream thing is mentioned, you're just like, that's your thing. Yes, it is. God knows it. And I am bold enough today to tell you that God is going to do it in your life. So because of that, protect your dream. It is sacred. It is holy. Watch this is integral to the kingdom of God. It must happen because many lives will be touched through it. It must happen. Father, we thank you that you're going to do it. We give you all the praise. Help us to protect it like Elizabeth did in Jesus' name. Shh. Don't tell anybody until the right time. Do this with me. Prophetic act. Shh. Mm. The enemy won't know until it's too late. Woo. Mm. Mm. Let's take holy communion together. The dream destroyers, they'll never find your house. You're covered with the blood of Christ. Mm. You're in, you're in cloaked mode secrecy mode in the most secret place of the most high God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it and bless it. This is now the flesh and blood of Jesus, our Savior. Father, we receive his body by faith, hiding in the secret place with you, enjoying you and laughing with you and having a good time with you. Thank you, Father, for your joy. Amen. Let's now partake of Christ's body. Mm. God's going to talk to you about your dream. God's going to talk to you about your dream. Mm. Divine encounters. Divine encounters are not just to tickle your toes. Divine encounters have purpose. And if you ever had a supernatural experience and you, you don't know what it's about, you need to talk to the Lord about it because everything has purpose. He doesn't just do it to uh, so that you can say, Oh, I had an encounter. Well, what happened? Well, I, I don't, I don't really understand it. No, there's a purpose to it. He's going to share things with you that, that you can understand and grasp very clearly about your dream. Yes, yes, yes. Glory to God. Be ready for the angel of the Lord to speak to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for his blood. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. We have full access into the heavenly courts 
into the glory realm through Christ, because we have been raised with him into heavenly realms. So we therefore have access. We receive angelic visitations, supernatural encounters, dreams from heaven. Thank you, Father. We receive this is, this is our inheritance. Father, we receive the blood of Jesus now. Let's drink. Praise the Lord. Now, before you go, wonderful renovation has been taking place at our ministry facilities in Moravian Falls. We're getting it ready. We're sprucing it up. The new roof has been put on the fellowship hall and has been paid off in full. Glory to God. Along with that, brand new windows have been put into the fellowship hall, paid off in full. Mm. The fellowship hall and the sanctuary have all been completely painted brand new paid off in full. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your sowing. Now we have been saving money also towards the new roof on the church sanctuary. What we're going to do on the church sanctuary, we're going to step it up a notch. We're going to put a metal roof on thick gauge metal roof. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. Uh, It will have a 50 year warranty. Woo. It's going to be nice. So if you would like to sow seed in towards that, just uh, as you sow a seed, just um, if you're writing the check on the check, write metal roof on that little notation, make it out the Stephen Brooks international. If you want to sow online, go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org, click the link, sow and reap and type in on the offering notation, metal roof. And on the newsletter, I'll share pictures. I'll share pictures of all the work that has been done and we're moving forward, paying it off as we go. And so we still need some more money for the roof on the church sanctuary. Glory, Mm. glory, hallelujah. Any seed sown into this project, I will join my faith with you for all debt to be removed out of your life. Glory to God for financial debt to be removed out of, out of your life. God is very serious about you being blessed financially, walking in freedom, just like Zacharias and Elizabeth having, having your own house. How about this? Your own debt free home. Praise God. So uh, now would be a good time to sow into that. We're getting closer to it. I've already put the work order in. The material uh, is already being ordered, being custom cut and designed for our church sanctuary roof. Has very, uh, it's a very uh, sharp slope, and it's a very high bell tower, too. Uh, so it is going to look fantastic. We're very excited about it. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for sowing into it. And I'm believing with you for a miracle debt cancellation. And I'm believing with you for a supernatural angelic visitation. Okay. So go forth today. Guard the divine secret of your dream. Guard it. Guard it until the right time. And then, then you can share it when it is manifested. Thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then be richly blessed. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.